This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in live from Big Ten Media Days in Indianapolis. It is Kenny and Heilprin. I'm Ben Kenny. Zach Heilprin. Hello, Zach. Hello. So we made it in one piece, believe it or not. We did make it to Indianapolis last night. We drove in, and uh, it took us a little bit longer than expected. We discussed this on the morning show this morning. However, we're going to delve into it again here because there's still some, I think, lingering tension between us at this point. Some could say that, yeah. There's a little lingering tension here as Ben Kenny was in charge of the GPS. I drove because (laughs) no one trusts Ben to drive. He didn't let me drive. I drove Ben uh, was in charge of the GPS to get us here, put in the right address for the hotel in Indianapolis, Indiana. Indianapolis, Indiana. <laughs> Which is apparently a town in Indiana. In Indiana. Yes. So is Frankfurt. Apparently Frankfurt, Indiana is also a town in Indiana. And he put in the address for that instead of uh, the, the 601 West Washington Street in Frankfurt, Indiana, which is apparently a thing, which I didn't know. Beautiful is also, town. It's also the same as uh, in Indianapolis. So we ended up in uh, almost going all the way to, to Frankfurt, Indiana, as opposed to Indianapolis, Indiana. And uh, it, it cost us about 55 minutes to an hour. I, some could argue that. Others would side more in the 25 to 30-minute range. I would argue that we saw a beautiful part of the state that we otherwise will never see. The sun was setting. We're driving by. We heard a great <laughs> story about a golf course in yeah. Wisconsin I, when it was snowing. I guess we could go judge, jury, and executioner here. I, in my defense, it's a car that had a system. The GPS system was pretty hard to manage. The touchscreen doesn't really work wonders like, you know, the older systems maybe do. I was pulling up the ways at a very early hour in the car ride, thinking we were in a little bit of a rush. I had to get Jimmy John's. I had to stop for lunch before we left. And I thought we'd have to make some sudden turns. So I put it in. I've obviously clicked the wrong town that we were going to so it added if you really want to do the math and do geometry because it just added a little line it added 25 maybe 30 minutes and then it reached a point honestly where we're getting back on the highway to get in and my maps which i then pulled up correctly when it was way too late were telling us to go one way zach was going to go another because his maps just saw things that weren't in the way on the road and i saved us eight minutes that way so if you do all the math in the grand scheme of things Ugh, 12 minutes, I think it cost us yesterday. So we didn't make it, though. We, we did make it. We went out for drinks last night, and then uh, we, we are sharing a hotel room, which is a first for for the, the Kenny and Heilprin group here. It is. Um, not sharing beds, obviously. Sharing a room. Much to the chagrin of the morning show. Yes. Uh, thankfully, though, that is not the case. However, I have to question you about something here. Go. There were some weird sounds coming from that bed last night. So I, this is one of the things that can be alleged and never confirmed. So there were some weird sounds. Like, you know, like, like I, the only thing I can compare it to is I had a dog, my, my dog, when I first, <laughs> when I first got it, it, like, was it when it was a puppy and it would, and it would sleep, it would act like it was suckling on a nipple. <laughs> uh, because, like, it would sleep and suckle on its mom's nipple. That's what, honestly, it sounded like you were doing last night. It's lucky you were suckling on something, and I couldn't figure it out. And I didn't want to say anything about it because I thought you might feel uncomfortable. But then you have neglected taking 
uh, the blame for yesterday, so I figured it's worthwhile bringing this up as well. I mean, I, on air, the, yeah, sure. There Every was, single private battle, you, you fight publicly. There was there was some suckling going on in that bet, and I have no idea what what it, what, what it was. I mean, this is one of the things that you can do your own research, believe what you want to believe here. I myself am choosing to not believe this. Suckle, suckle. Are you sure you weren't just asleep? Maybe you thought you were hearing Absolutely things. Absolutely not. Nope. You, you were was, hearing honestly it was like Dane was a puppy again man it was like uh, <laughs> this guys are over here suckling maybe I was so I we mentioned the car ride my computer screen is completely broken I it's do been not a tough couple days for a Ben computer. it's been a tough couple days in general so I kind of equated this to the sports radio flu game if you will it's like when Kyler Murray is playing on a sprained ankle and it really hinders what he could do athletically uh, in and out of the pocket. That's kind of where we're at today. He with felt the he, computer screen. I mean, you kind of feel like you're playing the flu game. Is what this is your Jordan flu game? No doubt. Yeah, 100. percent Just I didn't eat expired pizza, right? Or I wasn't food poisoned by, by the, the, the nice other people, team. the nice people of uh, Salt Lake City. Yes. Uh, so big show today. PJ Fleck. We had the great opportunity to speak to him earlier. I'm sure it's an interview. If you have heard any of our programming or listened to any radio in the state of Wisconsin, an interview that you will want to be listening to, that's coming up at 2.30, about 30 minutes from now. 3 o'clock also had the chance to speak to Minnesota quarterback Tanner Morgan. And then the Don, Barry Alvarez, coming up at 3.30. So I, we had the chance to sit down with all of them. Great stuff. Wisconsin will be here tomorrow. So today they go half the Big Ten tomorrow is the other half. Wisconsin will be here tomorrow. Graham Mertz, Nick Herbig, Keanu Benton, and Paul Christ all will stop by in some capacity and give some thoughts on the team. Uh, the, the Fleck interview, I think it went swimmingly. I think it went a lot better than I thought it was going to. I was a little apprehensive about doing it because I have been pretty, out, I have been pretty outspoken uh, about P.J. Fleck and how I kind of think some things of him. And I wasn't sure I was going to be able to hold those things back because those are very unfair things that I, <laughs> that I think of them. Like I, I have freely admit that. Like it's, there's, those aren't not probably not fair criticisms, criticisms of PJ Fleck, uh, but there are still things that I think about, and there's still yeah. things that I think. However, I was very professional in this interview. Um, I think we both were, even though we did ask him some of the questions that I think I wanted to know about, like when he goes into a house and he has to, exp- you know figure out if somebody's actually going to be okay with the type of person he is. Like, how do you figure that out? Yeah. And he's like, well, because he's not for everybody. And he admitted that. Like, he goes, he has said that. He goes, I, I'm not for everybody. I'm like, how do you figure out if, if this person is for you or not? And he, he compared it to being married. So a lot of, a lot of uh, interesting stuff from P.J. Fleck. I'm not going to say good stuff from P.J. Fleck. I will, yeah, never say stuff. I will never say that about P.J. Fleck. But, um Interesting stuff. He he's very aware that of his audience when he was talking to us. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, a lot we, of fun. So that's coming up in about thirty minutes. Great stuff from the quarterback as well. We talked about the rings, whether they're worn, whether he knows where it is. So anybody that is listening to this, they may not may not know. Um, in twenty nineteen, Wisconsin and Minnesota tied for the big for the Big Ten West title. They were co Big Ten West champs. Wisconsin obviously went and played in the Big Ten championship game that year because they beat Minnesota. But they, they tied, their records were tied, and Minnesota got rings for it. They got co-Big Ten championship rings, which is just insane and hilarious and funny. And I was wondering if Tanner Morgan potentially wore his ring. We hear, we hear about that and more from him in our interview as well. So a lot of good stuff to get to today. The day started. 
I mean, obviously, I found my way to a coffee shop in the early morning. You did not mention anything about uh, the overnight sounds. You waited until right before we went on air, very uh, mysteriously, to then drop that. That is what it is. But we get here around 8 o'clock, and we set up, do a couple interviews. Kevin Warren takes to the podium. And today is more of a Big Ten at large kind of day on this show, because tomorrow Wisconsin speaks. There will be probably only Wisconsin talk in addition to the other things we hear at the podium and around Big Ten Media Day. But uh, today's a big picture of the Big Ten, if you will. Obviously, a lot has happened in the last couple months. USC, UCLA, the media deal is coming up soon. So Kevin Warren let it off, as he always does. And I remember a couple years ago, was there a Big Ten Media Day in 2020? There was not a Big Ten uh, Media Day in 2020. But he, did he do some sort of press conference as that? He may have. It may have been Zoom. I but, believe but, it was Zoom. But, like, they canceled it in, like, August. Yeah. And then, like, a few weeks later, reverse course. So, but I don't, there I, there was no in-person thing. But I, I do remember him having a press conference because then Barry Alvarez had a press conference and Paul Chris had a press conference. So I remember those comments from Warren. And obviously, Big Ten football, college football as a whole, was in a really tough spot at that point in time. They go and play the season. I, I think it's safe to say from the, the tone and, I mean, the words definitely expressed given what's gone on in the last three months, there, there was definitely a, a sense of confidence there, a, a sense of control, I would say, this morning. I, the word innovation was thrown out a lot. The word, uh, I mean, there has been aggressiveness in the realignment world in college football, but I got the sense from Kevin Warren today. We'll get into some of the other news and stuff that he said specifically. But I kind of sense the tone of overall confidence. Do you think that's fair to say? Well, he's in a confident position, right? He's in a very he's in a position of power. He's he is not the back. He's not the Pac-12. He's not the Big 12. He's not ACC. He's the Big Ten. Him and the SEC have uh, pretty much all the power at this point. And so, yeah, you would think that he would, when he's speaking from a position of power like that, he would exude confidence. Um, I think there's still an impression of Kevin Warren that. People aren't aren't still huge fans of him. I think is that fair to say? Yeah. I think there's still a large dating back dating back to 2020 when when I things when things got canceled. Almost all of it goes back to that exact moment. I was critical of him definitely. I think how everything was handled maybe wasn't the best. But I mean, looking at where the conference stands now, not necessarily compared to that point because everyone is better off in the college football world compared to that point. But in terms of where the conference stands compared to the others in the country, I mean, I, I think it's undoubted that he has brought them from that point in a great way. But, yeah, I definite, there was definitely a lot of thoughts around the Big Ten of I, what is he doing right. at that point. Yeah, no, so he, he, but he is speaking from a, a place of power, and, and there are some interesting comments within that, and you said you're going to get into these at some point. I don't know if you want to do that now. If we'll do that later. Um, but, you know, when you do this, when you look at what he said that now, the, the two biggest things that came out of it is, we may not be done expanding, which I don't think is a surprise to anybody, right? After they add UCLA and USC, that's one part of it. And then the other part of it is, is the media deal. And while he said he would not, he did not put a date on it, uh, said it's going to happen sooner rather than later, would not put a dollar figure on it either. But they know um, that it's going to be a, a big, a big, really big number. What was it, 1.2 bill? I think that's... Yes, I think that is like the like what a lot of people have said. And it was it was like one billion before USC and UCLA, so you, you would think you were adding about a hundred million uh, with both of those teams. And the other interesting thing uh, about 
the expansion was we're going to do it. We're not just going to do it to do it. We're not going to add teams that aren't going to add value to it. So, like, people like thinking that it's going to be Arizona or it's going to be Cal or something like that, it's, that's just not going to happen. They're going to add teams that are actually going to bring, bring value to it. And um, the only team that truly, truly could bring value and add to this would be Notre Dame. So the no new media deal was one of the biggest pieces of news, if you will. I mean, going into the press conference. It's coming, though. Yes. Didn't figure, well, some thought maybe projected that it could have been announced today, but it has not been up to this point. Going into those settings, there's a lot of comments about the situations, whether it's realignment or, or NIL or academics and all that stuff. You don't really get necessarily hard pieces of news but there was that i also saw that usc and ucla will be joining as expected i think as full members full members it means which means they get all the money right away whereas nebraska penn state maryland ruckers did not maryland ruckers still don't so that is that is definite like that tells you something it's definitely eye-opening that you know they're going to be treated slightly different than what, what what Rutgers and Maryland were coming into this league. So Warren also said that by 2024, when USC and UCLA get to the Big Ten, the Big Ten will span through four time zones. That was a comment that raised some eyes. Now, we could take it literally, and I learned this today, and I'm sure many others will learn it when I say it, that part of Nebraska is in the mountain time zone. Allegedly. I, again, allegedly. This is not something that we can necessarily track down. But that is the chatter around town. So you would think adding the Western time zone that would make it four, though, I mean, my first thought when I heard those comments was, uh, how can we speculate about the teams in the mountain time zone and other schools? Maybe Kevin Warren had a slip of the tongue and accidentally gave something away, whether it's Utah or go to the Arizonas. But it was then corrected that Nebraska is indeed a mountain time zone, or at least part of it. Some of it is, yeah. So that was some of the talk today. The biggest thing to me coming away from it is he was asked about the college football playoff. And I think every coach that has spoken that I've heard has said they want the playoff to expand. They're in favor of expansion for whatever reason. Now, Kevin Warren Voted ag- I, he voted no to the new playoff, whatever was proposed at the recent meetings. And he wanted expand, expanded, but he voted no. And many were saying, okay, so why is this? So he mentioned that he doesn't want only one media partner to hold all of the rights, yes. which you can unpack that pretty clearly and say, okay. So he wants ESPN, which is the SEC, or will be, to have some of the rights to the playoff. And since the playoff is the big moneymaker in the sport, he also then wants Fox, which is has become the Big Ten, to also get a piece of that pie. But I think that cleared a lot up about where he stands and maybe why the holdup in the playoff expansion is happening or will happen. Because you have the two powers. You have the two television networks that are behind those powers. One of them currently holds all of the cards, and the other wants some of those cards to play a hand. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And they, it makes complete sense especially since fox is sitting in on these media deal meetings like it's 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 not how it's insane i'll say that like to think about how far this has come to where fox a tv company is sitting in on meetings pitching to other tv companies yeah like that's in that's ridiculous and that's insane but that's just that's where this is at and i wouldn't be surprised if like ESPN sitting in on SEC meetings, like when that uh, that deal comes again. But uh, the, the Big Ten is 
talking about media partners. They're going to be adding some new media partners very soon. And so it's, yeah, Fox and the Big Ten Network, but the SEC, NBC, uh, Apple. Like, who, who else is all coming to the table potentially with this new deal? So speaking of the business and the TV networks and sitting in on the meetings, my favorite comment from the day, this is part of, partially a uh, kind of drumming the words down into a simple sentence, and part of it is a quote. Warren said at the podium today, the reason why college sports is in its current predicament is that, quote, the business of college athletics has grown faster than the structure and governance of college athletics. Now, I think if you look at what's happening, that's pretty clear. There's no crackdown on NIL. There's no college football commissioner. There is no real governance, and it's just a a crazy free-for-all at the moment. But it's also one of those moments where if you've seen the TV show I Think You Should Leave or you are seen any guilty man in a setting where he's asked if he did the crime and he starts saying, oh, yeah, this is the problem. It's like, but you were kind of the reason that that happened, no? Right, yeah, no. I mean, he's a part of it. Certainly not. I mean, Jim Delaney probably has more responsibility for it than Kevin Warren has, wouldn't you say so? Uh, But you're right. We also heard very strong comments from Barry Alvarez that you'll be hearing later on about NIL and more about the money that's being spent on players to be recruited to schools without them stepping on campus and just for recruiting. Like, he's all in favor of NIL and and players making money off their names. What he's not in favor of is the money that's being thrown at guys before just, just to get them on campus. Uh, because that's not what this was supposed to be about. That that is that's not that's not what it's supposed to be about, and it has turned into that. And he says they need someone. Someone needs to step up and change it. And uh, yeah, very very strong words from Barry uh, that that we'll hear later in the show. Yeah, he's coming up at three thirty today. Is when we will play that. The entire show will be available as a podcast. Just search Kenny and Heilprin wherever you find podcasts afterwards, maybe 30 minutes, 40 minutes after the show to catch anything you missed. Yeah, the the Kevin Warren thing, definitely, it's not all his doing. Also, I mean, Oklahoma, Texas, they move. It kind of was a reactionary move to get USC and UCLA in a way because once the super conference that the SEC is right now started forming, the hand was kind of tied. But I found that moment funny. I was drawn back to the I think you should leave guy in the hot dog suit sitting in the store, clearly driving the hot dog car into the window. He says, oh, yeah, we should find out who did this. It's kind of him. We're going to step away here, take a quick break. Again, P.J. Fleck coming up at 2.30 today. Tanner Morgan at 3 o'clock, Minnesota quarterback. And Barry Alvarez, 3.30. Coming up next, there's been a theme here in the first day of Big Ten Media Days. It's something that connects to Wisconsin. Uh, It has been one of the biggest offseason storylines, but I I think we're kind of seeing more about the fact it's a storyline everywhere. We'll tell you what that is next. We'll get into that coming up next, live from Big Ten Media Days. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone. All right, welcome back. Live from Big Ten Media Days here in Indianapolis, it's Kenny and Heilprin. So, Kevin Warren is at the podium earlier today, and one of the first things he notes out of the gate, and I guess it's something I hadn't really thought about, it's an angle I hadn't approached yet, is that there's not one new head coach in the Big Ten this season. Now, yes. There should be. (laughs) 
<laughs> that may be a, another conversation for another day. And I want to get to that because one of them happens to be in the Big Ten West. But that kind of ties into this. So, I mean, the biggest storyline surrounding Wisconsin this offseason, if you read anything about the program, was the offensive coaching staff. There are new coordinators everywhere. You then even had one coordinator that was hired on the defensive staff have to step down or be fired or whatever the wording is, and then a new guy was hired. So a lot of coaching turnover. And, I mean, it definitely seems like a very pivotal point for Paul Christ. I There's pressure, no doubt, for these hires to work and for this all to get back on the right track, if you will, after a couple subpar seasons. But when hearing... Scott Frost talk today when hearing Jim Harbaugh and we'll hear from Ryan Day of Ohio State tomorrow but you look across the Big Ten West specifically the Big Ten as a whole there are new coordinators everywhere like there are no new head coaches but and I can't draw back to last year the year before because I forget the specifics but it feels like there is an overwhelming sense of uh, there are a bunch of places where either the head coach is working and some other position unit didn't work, or Jim Harbaugh tries to go to the NFL, the other guy leaves uh, and goes and gets the bag from Miami. But just in general, it feels like there's a new influx of, of coordinators coming in, which then naturally, when that happens, you see the pressure be kind of put on the head coach or whoever hired him to get things maybe going in the right track. My question is, regarding that, I, I, I agree to an extent, but I also wonder... Does this also give Paul Crystal a more time? Because you're not exactly necessarily expecting it to turn around in one year. Does Do the hires give him more yes. time in my brain or in general? In, what do I think is realistic? Well, in your brain, in, in, uh, you're saying your brain's not realistic? Huh. Well, no. I mean, my brain may be different than what the people in the Wisconsin building are thinking. Okay. Well, give me both. So, to me, I think the hires, hmm, I don't think they give him more time because when you go through, and part of that is the last couple of years on the field, but when you go through a couple of seasons that have been short of expectations and then you make these drastic changes, which everybody seemed to agree they needed to happen, Paul Christ obviously agreed because he did them, I feel, like, I, I feel like it gives him a little more time in a way. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like it gives, yes, because, there's, because the expectation is like maybe it's not going to, Hit right away. Hmm. Maybe it's not gonna. Maybe it's not gonna play this. Now, fans are they going to be okay with that? No, they're going to be like, get him out of here, give Jim Leonard the head coaching job, and, and move on. Like that's that's what the the irrational fan mind is going to do if if the offense doesn't turn around with these moves. But I think I think that it kind of maybe gives him a little bit more time in that building. Yeah, I mean, because in again, general, again, they're not going to move on from. Them. Here's they the, never do. Here's the thing: they're not. They were nine and four last year. That's not that bad. That's the, right. And yet fans are up in arms because of the losses, the way they happened. The ugly start, you go 1-3, and three, and then you lose to Minnesota. If they had beaten Minnesota, then go to the Big Ten Championship changes game. Changes everything. I don't know if it changes everything. Outlook-wise. Maybe. Maybe. I still think moves are made. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, the, the move with Joe Rudolph was going to happen no matter what. Based on, based on what happened the previous year, based on the move of taking play calling back, uh, taking the offense coordinator role away, like that all was, that was going to happen. But some of the, the 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 other changes, I don't know if they were. So I'm trying to think around the Big Ten, because I, in the fans' eyes, everyone will be hyper focused on the performance of the offense and the performance of the coaches. When I look around, I mean, the Big Ten West, we know Scott Frost is on pretty thin ice at the moment after all that's gone on there. 
I mean, Ryan Day is a new defensive coordinator. The defense was somewhat of a problem, if it's possible, for Ohio State, probably in part why they lost to Michigan. But they bring in the Oklahoma State defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles. He obviously, I, there's no question about the job he's doing there. At Minnesota, they bring back Kirk Shiraka, who they had as offensive coordinator back in 2019. So I, all the situations are different. I wish I could compare it to another situation in the conference and say, you know, maybe he does get more time because we haven't even considered that this guy and all of that has happened at another place. I think it's all different. Overall, I mean, hmm, I'm kind of stuck because I think it all just depends how. It's not necessarily what. Like if another couple subpar year, year happen and – Chris is looked at not fondly by the public. I think it's all about how. It's about whether, A, it was something you could try, you could link back to the coach, whether, B, they were the wrong hires, which I think then you could naturally go back and question the coach. So I, I don't think I can sit here today and say the hires gave him more time or less. I, I would well, I, lean towards more. I appreciate I, I appreciate you taking a stand there. That's, that's, that's a good job there. Real... That's that's what you do in the radio game. No, but I don't know. Wishy-washy all over the place. Genuinely. That's 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 good radio. I don't know because it's one of the things where when you watch them play and you see whatever plays out during the season, you see what happens and why it happens, I think then it can be revisited in a way. Like, for instance, if they, let's say in some scenario, the Minnesota game is for the Big Ten West title, Wisconsin is, what, 8-3 and three entering it, their last conference game of the year, and – Nothing that happens in that game you can connect to Paul Christ. What if it's just one big outlier mistake? What if it's one horrible call or things along those uh, lines? I think there are scenarios where it doesn't work, but you also don't necessarily look right to the coach. Any decision and any mistake goes to the head coach. That's, that's true. That's what it is. Whether whether it's fair or not, that's what it is. Like, he has to own it. Like, was it his choice to punt on fourth and – Five last year? Well, there's some disagreement there, but it's it's eventually got to be on him. He's the yeah. one that has to take that. So, like, it all comes down to him, and he's going to have to own it. Do you think it's a good thing that 9-4 and four is not good enough? I do, okay. genuinely. All right. And there's a lot of talk about expecting more and pushing for more, and I get all that talk. More is a hard thing to quantify. Some say national title, which – Obviously, he's a little bit out of the realm of possibility. I think it is a good thing that a 9-4 and four season without a Big Ten West title is considered a disappointment because over the last 15, 20 years, that has been the standard, winning the West and getting to Indy, at least hopefully competing in that game. Well, I mean, of course, the Big Ten West has not been around for 15 years, yes. even though you seem to think it's like this grand tradition <laughs> that can't be lost. Oh, my God, the Big Ten West, the divisions, they can't be lost. They're a tradition of the Big Ten. Nope. They're not. They're not. But you're right. It is. It's about being in contention for a Big Ten title, which is what they have been, in reality, close to 30 years now. You're going back to 1993 is when they won their first title. They've won six since then, uh, you know, total. They are in that conversation every time, and, that's, and that is an expectation, and it should be. And, yeah, 9-4, and four, especially the way it happened, isn't good enough. And I'm okay, and I'm, I'm okay with that. So Scott Frost, new coordinators, I would say obviously it gives him more time because he's still no, he's done as the nope, coach. No, if it doesn't go well this year, he's done. Well, I mean, it probably prolonged like he is still the like. Coach. There's a difference between what there's a difference between what Paul Chris is doing this year. Oh no, and doubt. what Scott Frost is doing. No doubt. Scott Frost is hanging on for dear life. Mm -hmm. Like that's what he that's what this move 
is is making. But the the fact remains that Paul Christ is at a completely different point of his career than no what doubt. Scott Frost is. Even though they are have have new offensive coordinators, completely different ends of, of where they are in their careers right now. No doubt. All right. Scott Frost Klein. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, and by the way, Scott Frost today said they were, Nebraska was, competitive in every game, and that is very hard to argue when you look at how they lost all the games. Big, did they big win them? Nebraska. No, they did not win them, however, probably Greatest a good three team. and eight team of all time. Nebraska were they, they four and nine? No, what were they, four and eight? Three and nine. Three and nine. Best three and nine team ever. Now, Nebraska did uh, fly out of here pretty much immediately after all the immediate availability was over, so not much more was talked about throughout the day here. All right, speaking of one of the coaches that has a new coordinator, I mentioned him. It's Minnesota. Kirk Sharaka is the offensive coordinator there again. It is P.J. Fleck. We're going to hear from him coming up next. Had the chance to talk to him live from Big Ten Media Days. It is Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. I mean, I laugh at your jokes. Too. All right, welcome back in. It's Kenny and Heilprin live from Big Ten Media Day in Indianapolis. Coming up in about 20 minutes, talking to Tanner Morgan, Minnesota quarterback. In about an hour from now, Barry Alvarez, Wisconsin former coach, obviously, Hall of Fame coach, athletic director, the Don talk with him you will hear that in about an hour but now had the chance to talk with pj fleck earlier if you have listened to this program at all you know this was probably a much anticipated interview here was that conversation from earlier today joining us now at the table minnesota head coach pj fleck uh, pj obviously big week in the big 10 football world how does it feel to be back now it feels great uh started 2022 is underway Right. Uh, we went back to work yesterday and had the staff in, got all the scripts going and uh, this new sense of energy every year. Uh, you know, Big Ten Media Day kind of kicks that off for everybody. Uh, I'd like to start here. You're on a Wisconsin station, so i got to ask about it. Where is your Wisconsin shirt that you had when you were a little kid? You still, <laughs> do you still have that? Is it somewhere packed away somewhere? You know what? Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> you know, but I, I mean, we were we vacationed in the Dells as kids. I mean, I'm a Chicago kid. What does every kid in Chicago do? You drive north and go to Wisconsin, and 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 that's Saint Germain, Wisconsin, is where we used to oh, go, right and then there, went yeah. to the Dells, and so I mean that was our family vacations. And then, you know, you become the head coach of Minnesota, <laughs> and everybody, you don't know rivalries, right? You think you know the rivalry, you hear about the rivalry, then you're in it, and you're like, whoa, 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 this is a huge deal. How did I ever go to the Dells when I was a kid? <laughs> so anyway, it's uh, um, it, but that's what college football is all about. You talk about the pageantry and the rivalries and the excitement. I mean, uh, Madison just said, you know, Wisconsin, you guys have just a Madison. Have, you guys have a tremendous fan base. And it's so everybody's so passionate. Uh, you think you know the rivalry, then you're next to each other and you watch the fan bases get into it. And uh, that's what's so fun about it. So speaking of that, I mean, with divisions kind of going by the wayside around the country, if, uh, let's say, five, six years down the road, the Big Ten chooses to get rid of the West, keep the rivalry games with Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, all that, what would your thoughts be on, like, if the West, and it's not a long-standing tradition, but it's one that's clearly cultivated some pretty heated, you know, battles for that division crown? Well, I think when, first of all, when we've had the conversations as a conference, right, when we were talking about 
west and east and are we getting rid of divisions that was prior to usc and ucla joining here and expansion happening are we done expanding are we not done expanding what will it look like in five years if there's 20 teams you just go one through 20 well no you're probably going to have divisions you'll probably have four divisions i don't know what it'll look like people way smarter than me going to make those decisions but i think it's way too early to talk about just west and east um, of what it'll look like i know this year there's a west and an east and that's what we're going to focus on for you winning the west is that like the top is that the first goal what's what's the first goal for minnesota is it well i think we, we we've accomplished a lot of the first goals right uh well, yeah. you know we, we're three and zero in bowl games and then when you kind of look at what we did in 19 winning 11 games for the first time since 1904 those things can't be ignored because i was asked a question earlier have you accomplished what you thought you'd accomplish come year going into year six and it's yes and no you know you you, you want to win championships like that's the ultimate goal but just winning one you're like okay then you got to go win it again then you're expected to do it again so there's, there's something that you chase that you're not going to ultimately ever get, right? Um, but what you can do is strive for it and check all these little goal boxes on the way there. And we've done that. Um, you know, no offense to all of you. One of those main things was after 15 straight years, let's find a way to get this axe back, right? Um, and two of the last four years, we've had it. And we're very proud of that. And I, I feel like whether you like Minnesota or hate Minnesota, uh, the rivalry feels back. And I like that. And I think our fans like that. And I think the, the Wisconsin fans like that. And um, and I think that's really important for the rivalry. And so that was one of the landmarks. So you're, you're kind of going and checking things off on the way to, yes, obviously wanting to win championships. Uh, but that's not the end-all, be-all. Um, my job is to get the most out of our football team, academically, athletically, socially, spiritually. Uh, did I get the most out of that team? Are we the best team we could be? And then we'll look at what kind of results kind of form on the field. But you can have an idea what, you, what kind of team you're going to have by all those things we just talked about. I mean this in the best way possible. But <laughs> no, I, are, I bet you there's going to be a lot of things said like that. You know, listen, I mean this in the nicest way. Yeah. I, are you also shot, but... a little bit surprised that Tanner Morgan's still in college? in the nicest way absolutely yeah <laughs> I mean, we were on the flight here i go tanner you have your you have your bachelor's you have your master's like what are you doing like now like <laughs> you're not gonna go get another master's or a doctorate he's like i am technically coach taking i forgot how he described it it's a it's a non-degree student or some type of name that he has <laughs> he actually has a name for it he's married <laughs> i mean our, our center john michael schmitz i mean he's engaged uh, one of our other quarterbacks cole kramer's engaged it's like these guys are just forever i've had two quarterbacks technically that have played long term for me four years with zach terrell at western michigan now six years with tanner morgan um and he's just it's amazing the maturity he showed and he's still there and uh, there, there's there's not just a comfort because I think comfort's the enemy of progress, but there's this familiarity. I think the biggest relationship in sports is the head coach and the quarterback. Um, and I think it's one of the most unique uh, relationships. And when you have somebody you've known for eight years, I've known him for eight. He's played for me for six. Uh, that's unheard of. So I think that's a very special relationship that we have. It's going to be one of those other, there's another one of those questions where it's like, don't take offense to this. All right. No, <laughs> I don't um, take offense to it okay. much at all. I promise. All right. All right. In this sense, I will say this too. I have a ton of respect for what Paul does, what Wisconsin does, what you guys do, uh, the traditions you have, our rivalry. Uh, it, it's a blast to be just a small, small, small piece of it in history. Uh, it's really an honor to be a part of it. So yeah. uh, I respect it wholeheartedly. So go so, on. With so your just for you, um, <laughs> we were asking Tanner about this. Like, you as a coach, maybe aren't for everybody. Is that, I mean, just... Well, here's, when I say that, I will say this, right? When I say I'm not for everybody, 
everybody's not for everybody. Right. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And that's that was going to be my question. Like, how do you determine when you're going into a, a room or you're going into a house or you're going into a high school that that's the type of kid that is going to want to is going to buy in to what you are putting out there and, and that what you're about? Yeah, how, you've got how married. Do you, you're married, right? Yes. When you know, you know. Okay. And there's a lot of things that go into that process that isn't like it's not like just love at first sight, get engaged, right? Right. It's it's recruiting's finding out about if this is going to be a right fit. And when I say I'm not for everybody, that doesn't mean everybody has to match my personality. They have to match my energy. That, that, that I've got enough for everybody. I don't have to worry about that. What they have to match is that internal drive to be the absolute best themselves, right? Be the best version of themselves academically, athletically, socially, spiritually. I'm an overachiever. Everything I've had to do in my life has had to do with a crack on my shoulder. I've had to prove something every single day of my life. Uh, nothing was ever handed to me. Uh, that's who I fit with. That's who's going to understand it. Right. And so when you go through a process, you might start with this massive pool. And by the time you get done with 18 kids, those are the usually, you're not perfect, but that's the best chance to fit the program that you have. Uh, and I think that's, that's hard to accomplish, uh, and nobody's perfect. But when I say I'm not for everybody, I'm just saying what everybody else is thinking. Um, <laughs> but I'm willing to say it because I want to eliminate the people who aren't going to fit me before they get to me. Right. Cause that's the worst situation you can have is when you do have people on your team that don't fit the program, don't fit you. And now it's just not a good marriage. Right. And then they that usually doesn't end well somehow, some way. And that's a small percentage, but you, you want to eliminate those as much as you can. Is it difficult though? Like with the transfer portal, people like the first year, they like, this isn't what I wanted. This is not what I expected. And they're gone. Does is it, is that make it harder? And do you, does it make it even more important to be able to identify those, those type of kids? It does, but it's recruiting. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a hypothesis. It's an organized guess, right? So nothing's, nothing's exact. Uh, you do everything you can. I and mean, we've hit a ton on the portal. Uh, we've had a lot of guys in the portal now playing in the National Football League. We're going to have a lot of portal guys play for us this year. That fit. And just like anything, high school transfer, some just when you get there, it's just it's just not a good fit somehow, some way. It doesn't mean one's right or one's wrong or it's a problem or it's bad. It's just not a good fit. Uh, and that happens. And uh, that, that's part of human nature. Minnesota head coach P.J. Fleck joining us at the table. Listen to the cheers. <laughs> Does I'm going crazy in Madison right now. <laughs> Does any of you get a little bit excited thinking about getting a UCLA team at home in November? I think just adding USC and UCLA, period, is exciting. Uh, you think of, uh, you know, Madison graduates on the West Coast, right? Now they have a Big Ten footprint right in their own backyard. Same thing with UCLA and same with Minnesota alumni. I think it's huge for our alumni base. I think it's huge for TV. I think it's huge for the conference. Now we span from the West Coast to the East Coast. We have the whole nation covered. Um football's football. I mean, when you, when you sit there and look at that, if you have to sit there and think about just the weather and that's the only thing that'll give you an advantage, uh, then you're, you're thinking about the wrong things. Uh, trust me. Cause we played in all of it in the Midwest. We play in all of it. Bowl games, you play in all of it. Uh, we had a game a few years ago in 19 where people were talking about the weather. <laughs> we're both <laughs> from the same type of weather. So it didn't yeah, matter. Right. Uh, it was a fun game though. It like was the, a real fun the weather game, was right? for sure. It, it, yeah. Weather wise. Yeah. Not, not fun for us. Uh, but it was, uh, so I, I don't think that necessarily matters. I just think the the tradition and the prestige of those two schools joining the conference is, uh, you know, uh, making the conference better. Uh, last one before we let you go. You bring Kirk Chiraca back. What was that process like? And, I mean, what do you think his presence 
will be. Yeah, it's obviously it's very difficult to make a change. Uh, I haven't had to do it a lot in, in my 10 years being a head coach, but when you have to do it, it's, it's very difficult. Um, and then you go through your series of your, your process of what you want to do. And, you know, Kirk just kept coming to the top of the list. And uh, of course, when the job came open, I mean, he was one of my first calls to see if he'd even be interested. And I think a lot of people make a big deal about like, okay, just because it, he left to go to Penn State, like I should be offended. I'm not into that. I'm into when people are loyal, they use this word loyalty. When you're working for somebody, be loyal 100% while you're working for that person. But there's a better opportunity for you and your family. That doesn't mean you're disloyal or unloyal or whatever it is. It just means you have a better opportunity. Then go do that. But th there wasn't any of that 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 came back in hiring him like, oh, I can't do that because he left and I'm offended. <laughs> I might have done the same thing he did um, in his shoes. So he's a Pennsylvania guy. So, but watching what we were doing and where we were going and what we needed, Kirk was just a perfect fit to come back. And I'm just, and it wasn't guaranteed he'd come back. Uh, we had numerous conversations that, you know, what were the kids going to think? Uh, how was he going to fit? Uh, what were the, you know, what was the kids vibes? Uh, what about our staff vibe? So I had to, I had to kind of feel that out before, before hiring him, but uh, he makes me a better head coach. Simple. Uh, hopefully I make him a better coordinator. Um, and, and we we've, we've been together for a long time, just like Joe Rossi and myself and, and hopefully we make each other better. Awesome. Appreciate the time, Coach. Uh, good luck this season and every week except for, you know, the late November. We feel the exact same way you do. It's amazing, it. right? But Roll the Boat Sky, Michael Gophers, thanks for having us on. Appreciate it. There he is, My Minnesota God. head coach P.J. Fleck joined us at the table. I appreciate him giving us the time. We're going to step away now, here. Take how many acronyms were at the, What did he throw at the end of that? There's like four or five things he said. I think we would have to revisit and slow down the tape. It's, I, I don't think I'll do that. It started with like Brett Bielema being on Wisconsin, and it's turned into P.J. Fleck throwing eight different things at you at the end of every single interview. Ugh, Can't disagree. I, but I do appreciate him taking the time. I appreciate the opportunity to yep. talk to him yep. at, at the table <laughs> earlier. We're going to step away here, take a quick break. Tanner Morgan, Minnesota quarterback, coming up in about 10 minutes. Good stuff from him. Live from Big Ten Media Days. More coming up after this. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, welcome back in. Live from Big Ten Media Days in Indianapolis, it's Kenny and Heilprin. Coming up in the next hour, Barry Alvarez, about 30 minutes from now. Awesome stuff. Thoughts on the NIL world and all that has gone on in the past couple years. Tanner Morgan, I will speak on the championship rings. We talk with him about that. But we are here. We're, I think I'm sitting at the 46th-yard line at Lucas Oil Stadium here in Indianapolis. I think you're maybe the 47th. I'm on the 47th um, and probably going to be on the 48th by the end of the show. <laughs> I just a couple <laughs> yards closer to where, you know, Jack Cohn shook that guy out of his shoes. And yeah, he didn't shake anything. He, where it was JT a good, it was took a good it fake. home from midfield. It was a good fake. It was a well-executed play. But, I mean, definitely. And do, you think goes, Graham, do you think Graham could do that? What, the fake? The fake in the run? This might be unnecessary, but I think we have seen that play not be executed to the fullest extent in the past. I think right now but he can do it. It yes. worked so perfect that year because nobody saw it coming. Nobody saw it coming, and I mean Jack Cohn because is Jack Cohn is a the, sneaky athlete. Yes, very sneaky, very, very, sneaky. very, very sneaky. But I say that as a compliment. You say that as a slight. 
I, there's no slight whatsoever. It's very sneaky uh, athletic. The Michigan game certainly showed it that year too. Yeah, when I forget which five star they had off the edge that year, but but I, I do think it's I, I do think Graham Mertz. We get to talk with Graham Mertz tomorrow. We heard from Barry Alvarez earlier today. He kind of <laughs> was like, we had a, I think the offensive line's gonna be good. We got some, with transfer portal. Did all this. Did all that. And yeah, it's all going to come back to Graham. Like, like it you, does. he does. He didn't want to. He didn't want to say like it's one guy, but it is one guy. It's one guy right now. Like that, they have a ton of talent in different spots, and if Graham can play up to the level of that that we've seen at times from him, it's it, it could be very very fun this fall. But I know people are so sick and tired of hearing that because they've heard it for the last two years. And there's really not much else that can be said. I feel like it's one guy, especially in those bigger games you think of. Yeah. Like, Illinois might be a bigger test to Wisconsin this year than last, but even so, I feel confident that Mertz won't have to do much. Wisconsin went on the road to Purdue last year, and Graham Mertz threw the ball. He attempted eight passes. It's five for eight. So it's that one thing about mm-hmm. the team, but when they go to Michigan State, when they – go to Iowa when they have Minnesota at home it's those games and it all comes down to that so I'm interested tomorrow definitely I want to see where he is at I'm really excited to talk to Herbig and Benton partially about the young guys that might be breaking out or (laughs) how they go about in their room with all the talent especially outside linebacker how they go about the competition in the room when they're all clearly very good and are poised to make big impacts so I'm more excited to talk about the defensive side of the football tomorrow, no doubt. Really? Yeah. I mean, listen, what? I'm kind of at a point where I, like, the offense has the question of the quarterback. and if, How much longer can you talk about it? How much more can you talk about no, it? No, I could talk about it forever, but I, it's the defense that intrigues me more. The, the, the inter- interesting thing about it is, is the defense loses eight guys, yeah. and yet no one's really worried about it. And I think that has a lot to do with the talent. But it also has to do with the guy running the defense. All right. When we come back, Minnesota quarterback Tanner Morgan joins us. One more hour. Kenny and Heilprin live from Big Ten Media Days. We'll be right back. is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back live from Big Ten Media Days here in Indianapolis. It is Kenny and Heilprin. Ben Kenny, Zach Heilprin here with you for another hour leading into the Wisco Sports Show. We will be back 2-4 to four tomorrow. Though the Brewers are playing, that will be only on the stream and in podcast form. And then we will be back in studio Thursday night for our normal time slot, breaking down all that is happening here in Indy this week. So we're going to hear from Tanner Morgan here coming up in a couple of minutes. But, Zach, we're mentioning Wisconsin will be here tomorrow. Paul Christ, Keanu Benton, Nick Herbig, Graham Mertz, the representatives. I Is there one excitement, one angle, or one point that you are excited to see what they have to say about? Well, I think we're all really focused on exactly how many appreciates and opportunities Paul Chris will be using in his speech tomorrow. I will count them. 
Yes, and the over-under is set at what? Ooh, I don't know. I did think we set the opening monologue over-under for word count at, like at 150? 150? 200? Yeah, we're taking the over on that one for sure. Yeah, it's t- it's tough. Sometimes, like, maybe he'll, like, the open spring, he talked for, like, eight minutes or nine minutes. He could do that here and, like, take up all the time that people would be wanting to ask questions, which would be a, an interesting move. I could see it happening. But uh, in terms of the guys, I mean, it's, I'm interested, I mean, We've, we've talked to these guys. I talked to these guys in the spring. There's not a ton has happened since then. Obviously, Graham, like, what has his summer been like? What a, what a, I mean, he's been in doing a lot of volleyball. Not volleyball. He's been doing a lot of softball. Did a lot of golf. But, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him. And I, and I know he's going to say all the right things tomorrow. But I still kind of just want to see, like, I don't want to be the body language guy, but kind of just how he continues to carry himself. He continues, he's always come across as like the most confident guy in the world. But then you kind of see it on the field that maybe sometimes that's not actually the case. And so kind of like to see where that's at. There, there's not a ton, a ton that I'd like to know from from these guys. I mean, I, is that not always the case, especially with Paul Christ? Or at least you know there's not a ton you might be able to get out of it? Yes. That's Wisconsin football, and again, that's there's there's the difference, right? You're going to get a ton out of out of Minnesota and we PJ Fleck, yeah. right? You're going to get a ton out of him. You don't need all that much. You don't need that much. Paul Christ, you'd like a little bit more. There's there's a happy medium to be found somewhere, but again, um, people don't care. People don't care about Paul Christ not saying anything as long as they win, right? Yes. When they lose and struggle, like they have to an extent the last two years. People start to be like, God, this is getting annoying. But also in that way, I mean, it was asked of him after the bowl game whether he thinks change-ups are necessary on the staff, and it's been clear that his actions have spoken kind of for it, where no matter what he said in that moment, which I forget the exact quote, it's pretty clear the actions that have happened throughout this offseason. Someone asked if the offseason was important, correct? Yes. And I think it's clear through his actions that it has been extremely important. No, yeah, I think the, the question was, like, is this offseason as the most vital of your career or, like, the most vital of your tenure? Okay. And all of them are important. This one, obviously, I think has had a little bit more to it. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Excited to see what he has to say tomorrow. So coming up here in about 30 minutes, you will hear from Barry Alvarez. A lot of good stuff on NIL. And, I mean, just another year. Uh, another year here in the Big Ten sphere. But now we were joined a little bit earlier from Minnesota quarterback Tanner Morgan here at the table. Here's that conversation. Joining us now at the table, Minnesota quarterback Tanner Morgan. Tanner, how are you? How's the day? Yeah, I'm doing elite. Uh, Good to get started with you guys, and thanks for having me on. So, I mean, this is obviously the ramp-up part before the season starts. Mm -hmm. I can speak for us. We're jacked up about football getting going. What's it like for you know, you guys in the building. Yeah, it's a great feeling. Um, you know, get to that week before training camp starts. Um, you just start to feel uh, football being back. You know, just the, the little things um, that you see, you know, the coaches back in the building um, and getting ready for, for those August training camp days is, is really exciting. And uh, there's really nothing like it. And being a college football player, uh, it's a dream of mine. And I know a lot of other people, and it's really fun to, to be a part of it. I feel like... Uh Wisconsin people may feel like you've been around a while. I have. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have. All right. So 
what made you decide you wanted to come back for another year yeah. at Minnesota? Yeah, pretty simple. Um, you know, first and foremost, I love my teammates. I love my coaches. Um, and so, you know, when that opportunity was there, you know, it wasn't originally planned. Like, you know, I, you know, I didn't plan to be in college for six years, uh, as I'm sure, you know, some of my other teammates or other people in the country who are, you know, in their sixth year this year or last year with the COVID stuff. But uh, basically, I love playing ball. I love being a Minnesota Gopher. Uh, I love being a part of our culture. And uh, it's another opportunity to play football for a year um, with the guys that I love, the team that I love. Uh, it was kind of a no-brainer. And uh, I had to make sure my, my fiance at the time was okay with it. And then, uh, uh, you know, she supported it, was all for it. And uh, it was pretty much uh, a no-brainer after that. Is there also that sense of unfinished business after, obviously, you guys get the big win against Wisconsin at home, but the Nebraska-Iowa game that same day, so you guys didn't go on to win the West with that win. Is there that sense of unfinished right. business? I mean, yeah, I think, you know, I wouldn't necessarily use the term unfinished business. I think it's more, um, you know, that dream of, of that goal of, of winning the West first and foremost, right, and that vision. Um, and again, everybody has that vision uh, in the Big Ten West and the Big Ten. At the start of the year, their goal is everyone's goal, you know, to win the Big Ten, right? Um, and so for us, it's that process and really mastering that process each and every day to give ourselves the best chance to do that. And, um, you know, we love playing football. We love being together. And uh, the results uh, are the results. You can't really worry about them. Uh, it's really all about the process. But, you know, it's definitely what you, you work towards and, and a goal. But, you know, um, we're all about the process each and every day. And uh, that's really what it's all about. This is going to sound like a shot, but it's not. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there right now. Um, you mentioned winning the Big Ten West. Mm -hmm. You guys kind of did win it right though like you guys have the rings and everything how often do you wear that never okay uh we, so we don't we have the, you know we talk about from 2019 yes yeah so we have um you know that was the year we won the outback bowl so we have the outback bowl um rings um yeah no, and they gave us the hats and stuff i don't i, I don't wear it uh, I mean, it's obviously, you know, co-champions and stuff. We, we didn't play for the conference, um, and that's n nobody's fault but our own. You know, we put ourselves in that situation, lost that game, uh, played a really good team, and, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Jack Cohn spinning it. Um, Jack Cohn guy. Yeah, um, it, it, Colts, right? Yep. Yeah, he's yeah. Colts guy. Yeah. Um, you know, so they – I mean, they they beat us flat out, right? Um, and so, yeah, I don't – there's obviously the coaching, all that stuff, but th they they played it for the Big Ten title. We didn't, uh, and they earned it that year. So, um, you know, does it sting a little bit? Yeah, sure. But that's what, you know, you only get 12 opportunities in the fall um, to give yourself the best chance uh, in the postseason or whatever it is. So uh, they earned it that year, and uh, uh, rightfully so. Well, I, I admire that. Like, it's – you didn't win the game that you needed to win, right? right. Like, you, you had a chance and it didn't happen. And yeah. so the ring feels a little bit not false because you are Coach Hamps, but it doesn't feel like it would if you had actually right. won that game. Yeah, for sure. Um, and again, like, it's part of – I don't know how the how this and who you play and how, how it all works. Right. I literally don't know. To me, it's whoever plays for the Big Ten title, that team won the West, that team won the East. And, um, again, playing in the Big Ten, there's a, you, you're going to play – fantastic teams each and every week so you got to be on and any saturday uh if you're not at your best you can and, and will get beat so that's what i love about this conference so going back to that 2019 team i mean obviously a lot of nfl talent on the outside there 
And then last year, looking back, I mean, the running back room just gets decimated by injury. Right. What's it like going into this year, hopefully, with a little more stability back there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, you know, it's good to have uh, the depth that we have uh, on our team. And that's just an attribute to how hard guys have worked. Uh, coaches have developed people throughout the years. Uh, you know, Mo's obviously had an uh, injury in the, in the first game of the year. Um, and he's you know worked his tail off all year to rehab and put himself in a chance to be successful. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that we're excited for, um, you know, tight end, receiver, running back, you know, looking at the skill positions on offense. And so it's really exciting. And, you know, obviously we battled through a lot of that, uh, a lot of injury and stuff last year. That's part of football. It's going to happen. Um, but it was just really uh, amazing to see our guys step up. You know, when the next man was up, uh, they played to their best, um, learned along the way with the young guys. And, uh, you know, our coaches put us in uh, positions to be successful and, um, you know, we're really excited for, for the guys this upcoming camp, uh, just get out there and compete with each other every day. You, you mentioned loving Minnesota, loving your, mm-hmm. your teammates, loving your coaches. Yeah. I think there's probably outside perception of what PJ Fleck as a coach is, mm-hmm. um, it's for some people and it's not for others. Right. It's clearly for you. You, yeah. you like that. What is it about that stands out about him that, you know, you really enjoy playing for? Yeah, I think first and foremost, it's uh, that established relationship. You know, when you know someone really cares about you and loves you, uh, you're willing to go harder for them. I think that's in, in leadership and just in general, whether it's business, football, you know, ministry, whatever it may be. Um, showing people that you care for them first and foremost is something that definitely will make you uh you know, tap in more, uh, whatever you would say. But uh, for me, I think it's it's all real. You know, it's about being better, not just a better quarterback or better football player, better fundamentally, but being a better person, being a better man. Um, and for me, I, I mean, I've seen that, you know, throughout my life, throughout the ups and downs of my uh, collegiate career, uh, on the field, off the field, you know, losing my father, getting married. Like, you know, it's two totally different, a low and a, and a fantastic high, um, and just kind of being mentored and, and, you know, through that kind of aspect. But you're going to be pushed uh, to be your best each and every day. Uh, and, again, that's not for everybody. You know, you're going to be pushed out of your comfort zone. You're not going to grow in your comfort zone. Uh, and so, again, that's not for everybody. But if you want to be the best in all four areas of your life, you know, it's he's definitely for you. Uh, but it's not human nature to want to, you know, be outside of your comfort zone, right. you know. And I think – that's what makes uh, you know him unique, and you know just being able to really motivate guys each and every day is uh, something really, really special. Last one before we let you go, kind of a two-parter, but mm-hmm. I mean to start USC UCLA yeah. was that like a where were you when moment, or do you not really think of it? Braylon Allen, Wisconsin running back, said to us he he doesn't really think about them joining because he might not be in college by that right. point. I figure <laughs> you might not be. We don't know though. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, was that a where were you when moment and kind of what's the reaction? I think, so I was, I was in the car and I was, I was with my uncle and he was like, yeah, USC, UCLA. And I was like, that's ah, probably fake. No way. And then when it, when it released, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, it was great for the conference. Um, but again, yeah, I, I mean, I won't be a student athlete, but you know, I'm, I'm a big 10 guy for life, obviously at the university of Minnesota alum. Uh, and so to see the big 10 grow in that way. Uh, huge shout out, you know, to the commissioner Warren and the conference for having that, you know, 
that forward thinking to get that done, and I think it's going to be great for the conference. He, go ahead. All right. I also needed to ask. I mean, we see the ACC; they're getting rid of divisions going mm-hmm. forward with the the same thing the Pac-12 has done, getting two teams in the conference title game just based on the record. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I from my perspective, I love the West. I love what it brings right. to. It's not just all about going to win the conference. There's more there. Winning right. the West is a real thing. Do you guys feel that too in the building? Yeah. I mean, I think in terms of that aspect of divisions, not divisions. It's not really, you know, who really knows what's going to happen. Um, again, it's not up to us, but I, I think what's fantastic about the big 10 in general is you have those deep rivalry games, you know, Minnesota, Wisconsin for 130 plus years, right. Have played you know, Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska, you know, <laughs> you know, playing those games and those, um, rivalry games, I think is re- very unique of uh, being in the Big Ten, and I think that's uh, what's really special and um, what makes the Big Ten in general and, and the Big Ten West uh, an absolute joy to play in. He lied. I have one more question. <laughs> um, I want to. I'm going to allow you to to have a little bit of um, ability to maybe pinch Wisconsin a little bit here because you've beaten them twice, mm-hmm. and that's rare. For, for a college quarterback, uh, especially at Minnesota, to beat Wisconsin twice. Mm-hmm. Which of those wins will you remember more? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, really, I think anytime you play Wisconsin, you're getting an extremely well-coached team. They're strong. They're fast. They're physical. They're not going to beat themselves. They're going to run the ball really well. They're going to play great defense. They're going to do all these things really well. So you have to be at your best. Uh, I think, you know, 2018, that was a 15-year streak uh, where, you know, they had beaten us. And so that was special um, for its, you know, own, um, you know, e- each of them is different. Uh, playing Wisconsin every year is fun, right? It's a battle. It's competition. Um, last year, it was awesome to, to do it at home at Huntington Bank Stadium. Um, but, I, I mean, I love playing Wisconsin. They're a great team. It's a it's going to be a battle uh, each and every year. They have great players. Um, you know, I love watching them throughout the year, seeing, you know, how, how their players are playing really hard. You know, with the emergence of, of you know, the running back last year, it's like, Jesus, kids, different, man. Um, you know, and Graham Mertz is spinning it around um, and just their defense in, in, in general. Um, but I think, you know, each game is different. Um but I, I just love the rivalry. I love the Minnesota versus Wisconsin. You know, I love the acts, the the game, everything it entails. Uh, and I know everybody who's involved in the game, you know, that's why you play rivalry games. That's why you have it. Uh, it means something. Um, and so I don't really have one in, in particular. They're both different. But I just know playing Wisconsin every year, you know, getting to play them as many times as I have, which is unique in, in a college football environment, uh, is an absolute blessing. And um, it's fun to compete against those guys because they're pretty pretty dang talented. That's a veteran not giving any bulletin board material. Yeah. <laughs> no, he knows how to carry it. Awesome. Uh, Tanner, really appreciate the time, yeah. man. Uh, best of luck this year, and, I mean, we'll see you in late November. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you guys very much. There he is, Tanner Morgan, Minnesota quarterback, joined us at the table for a couple of minutes earlier. We're going to step away. When we come back, uh, there was a media poll conducted by Cleveland.com. We'll tell you where Wisconsin landed, the thoughts around it. It is, is it surprising? We'll get to that next. Live at Big Ten Media Days, it's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone.
All right, welcome back in. It is Kenny and Hyoprin live from Big Ten Media Days here in Indianapolis. for live from the Colts Stadium, Lucas Oil Stadium. Lucas Oil Field, I think. Lucas Oil Stadium. Yeah, there's probably a different name for a field. Anyway, uh, coming up next segment, in about 15 minutes, we're hearing from Barry Alvarez, former Wisconsin coach and athletic director. Uh, but first, Zach, there was a media poll conducted. Now, the Big Ten itself does not conduct them anymore. Instead, it was ran by Cleveland.com. And I will say, first and foremost, I was a little bit surprised about what I saw. So, first in the East Division, kind of a layup at the top. Ohio State, all 36 first-place votes. Michigan came in second with 203 points. Nobody else in the East received a first-place vote from the media. Penn State was third. Michigan State, fourth. Maryland, fifth. Rutgers 6th and Indiana 7th when you go to the west though Wisconsin did come in first that is not what surprised me but 31 out of 36 media members voted Wisconsin as the first place team entering the season second was Iowa with three first place votes Minnesota third with two and then Purdue Nebraska Illinois Northwestern in that order 31 out of 36 I found that a little bit surprising me as well uh, because they have so many new faces. Like you, the, the list off the guys that they lost out Lafferty last year: Jake Ferguson, Danny Davis, Kendrick Pryor. Eight starters on defense, including the Big Ten Player of the Year, mm. Big Ten Linebacker of the Year, uh, Leo Chanel. Like the, the numbers of players that they, they lost eight starters off their defense. A lot of really good players. Their entire secondary. They bring back Braylon Allen, obviously. They have an offensive line that, that loses some guys, loses a starter, and, uh, and Logan Brust, the NFL. Like, there are a lot of holes to replace, and for them just to sit there and say, yep, 31 people say, yep, it's Wisconsin, it just leads me to believe that it's wide open. Like, that's what it is. Like, it, it's a team that has lost or that much and yet is still considered the favorite. They don't have a clue as to who's going to win this division. Yeah, and honestly, so sitting with, here... So go with Wisconsin. Exactly. That was kind of my thought, because if you look over the last 10 years since the West has existed, Wisconsin has been at or near the top in every year. There was also, obviously, that run in 2016 through 19, where they were at the top three out of those four years. I mean, what surprised me is you mentioned, yes, there are a lot of questions. It also was one of those things where if someone asks you, Zach Heilprin, what you think of a inside linebacking core that lost two all Big Ten caliber players, you would have, and let's say even, you would say, oh yeah, actually I'm confident because of this and this. Outside of that, I would think that, let's say the media that cover other teams that obviously are not in the building every day, would not necessarily think that the next position group could rise back to that level. I think of wide receiver, where yes, they lose their top two pass catchers, and I mean, there could be arguments made that the youth and Chimre DK. Uh, coming out as the number one and having a productive season in that role, that that could actually lead to more wide receiver production. But it's it. what I couldn't wrap my head around is the thought that if you ask someone inside the building, they might say better things than what the people outside would just think, not knowing what the replacements are like. Does that make sense? So that is kind of what surprised me that 31 out of the 36 would vote them first, even with all of that. That was all over the place. I didn't understand a ton of it. But um... – no, I'm saying the people outside the building would not necessarily have as uh, a positive outlook as the guys in the building, and there are a lot of questions. So the fact that they all still voted Wisconsin. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, there's there are questions, but that also obviously means there's questions in other places in the division, right? Like, they they see 
the issues within their own teams that they cover, and they're like, oh, all right, well, Wisconsin usually is the team we pick here, and so we're going to pick them. I, I, otherwise, you, you can't really sit there and say that they know about Skylar Bell. Or they, know what? or they know about Marcus Allen. They know that Dean Ingram has moved over there, that Chairman DK has a chance to be the, the true number one receiver, the first true number one receiver they've had since Quintus Cephas in 2019. They don't know those things. Like they, haven't, they weren't there at spring ball. They don't know that. They don't know that Wisconsin's right tackle situation is a huge, huge question right now. That tight end is a question that, gosh, I don't even know what's going to happen there. Who's Braylon Allen's backup? Is Ches Malusi going to be there and, and healthy by the time the season opens. Can Isaac Garendo stay healthy? Is Julius is, is this Julius Davis's time? And the biggest question of all, they saw Graham Mertz play all of last year, and yet they still picked Wisconsin to win it. Yeah. How, why? How? And I'm a and and let me just say this: I'm a Graham Mertz guy. Like I I believe I still believe he can be a, a very good quarterback. But if I saw him last year, it'd be very difficult for me to sit there and say that offense is going to be better than it was last year based on what they lost. I mean, I don't think that's a guarantee, especially with a whole new coaching staff on that side of the ball. Like, there's no guarantees there. And the defense, we've already gone over that. How many guys they lost, how many really, really good players they lost, and yet I'm of the belief that they're still going to be really, really good there. But, no, anybody that looked at this team last year and saw Graham Mertz lead this, I don't know how you sit there and say, Yep, that's the team to beat in the West. Or unless they're saying they will do it, even though the quarterback play might be poor, which I would disagree with. No, we saw we saw it last year. They can't do it. Yeah, that defense was the best that they've ever had. Like you could put it up there with the best defense that they've ever had in school history. It was the number one total defense in the nation, the best rush defense in school history, and they couldn't do it. And you're telling me, Grammarts can with a schedule that is a lot more, in my opinion, difficult, especially the road schedule, than it was last year. No, absolutely not. Without Grant Mertz taking a step, it's not going to happen. And one of the big things you mentioned there are the questions from around the division. I think the conversation should kind of surround whose questions are more severe at this point because you just mentioned all the ones with Wisconsin. Iowa, you saw the offensive team they were last year. If they have that same offensive production, they will not win the division. Nope. I feel confident saying that. They had, what, plus 12, plus 13 in the turnover category. They were as lucky as it, as it comes to start the year, just as Wisconsin was as unlucky as yep. as possible to start last year uh, defensively created turnovers. Well, even Sean Clifford goes out in that game at Iowa. There were a lot of things that fell in the right way. Uh, and then, obviously, Nebraska hands them that game at the end of last season. But you go through the rest. I mean, Minnesota replacing a lot of starters on the offensive line. Is Mo Ibrahim healthy for week one? I, there are questions there as well. What does the offense look like with Shiraka back? Purdue, can they run the ball? Does the defense take a big step back without Karloftis there? I, there are questions up and down. The, but I that would just leave- weigh them. I would say Wisconsin's are bigger than all of the other teams. But then I would also probably point to Wisconsin having better talent in some of the positions. But it also just leads me to believe that it's wide open. And it's like, all right, well, I don't know who <laughs> – I have no clue who's going to win this division. Let's just pick Wisconsin because that is what we've done all the time. Like I know everyone jokes about uh, my love for Nebraska last year and why I thought they were a good team. But you can make the, pay, you can make the case right now Nebraska could win the division. So that's five out of seven teams you can make a legitimate case for. You don't want to make the case for Rutt Bielema? I Cannot make the case today that they will win the division. All right. And, and Northwestern, no? Not at this point. Okay. No. I think the quarterback play at both of those schools, at least where things stand today, is not close to the point that you would need to get up to the top of the division. But Again, I, mean, it's, the, the, I, 
I will go back to this. 31 people, maybe some of them think truly think Wisconsin's the best team, but I think a lot of them are just like, I don't know who's going to win this division, so I'm going to pick the team that I've picked the last two years, <laughs> and eventually they're going to win it because they went – this is the first time they've gone more than one, uh, more than one year without going to the championship game uh, since it started in 2011. So, yes, eventually Wisconsin's going to win the West, right? It's got to happen. Yeah, it's one of those if you flip it, you call heads and you keep flipping and it keeps landing on tails. Eventually, if you flip to tails and it lands on heads, then you look like the idiot. It's always 50 50. I mean, it's always 50 <laughs> 50. I'm sure. All right. We're going to step away here, take a quick break. When we come back, awesome stuff. Barry Alvarez sat down at the table with us earlier. You will hear that conversation next live at Big Ten Media Days. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, welcome back. It's Kenny and Heilprin live from Big Ten Media Days here in Indianapolis. We will be back tomorrow from 2 to 4. If you miss any of the show or the interviews, there's a podcast available. Search Kenny and Heilprin. It will be up shortly after the conclusion of this fine program. So, Barry Alvarez. Had a chance to talk with him earlier here at the table. Here was that conversation. Joining us now at the table, former Wisconsin head coach, former Wisconsin athletic director, a name you may know, Barry Alvarez. Barry, how does it feel to be back first and foremost? Well, it's always good uh, to see uh, college football being kicked off. So it's uh, good to be back here and uh, see some old friends and uh, really anxious to listen to the coaches talk about their their teams do you still get that like i mean i assume the feeling's different than when you were coaching but do you still get that little sense of anxiety leading into the season i do i I really do and uh, i don't have to worry about practice i don't have to worry about preparing for a game or anything now i've got four grandsons playing at a lot of different levels and uh my my biggest problem is trying to figure out a schedule so I can go see them all play. Yeah. Uh, something special that's going to be happening this year. We've already seen it kind of unveiled a little bit on the field at Camp Randall, the new field there. It's going to be named after you, Barry Alvarez Field. When when they came to you and told you that that was going to be happening, what went through your mind? Well, they didn't come to me. And didn't okay, tell me that was uh, when I, when they announced that. That's the first I'd heard of it. Okay, so. Huh. I was really surprised. I was honored. Um, uh, I was shocked, when, quite frankly, when, when I heard uh, that they were going to do that. But is it special for you? It, it truly is special. Um, you know, uh, I spent 30 years there and, uh, you know, feel like uh, we did a good job and, and built the program, which allowed the rest of the athletic department to to have success and, and uh, so um, I'm proud of that and so you know that's that's very nice for, for my legacy and, and it's not just me it's all the coaches that work for me and all the players that played for me. Is it a moment of reflection for you though too like to think about I obviously got one of your Big Ten championship rings on right now is that the 93? 90, no. Which one is that? So I just happen to like this one. Which one is that? I don't know. 13. 13. 13. All right. So for you, though, was it a moment of reflection, like going from where what the stadium looked like when you showed up in 1990 to what it's going to look like this year, just the, the complete overhaul? It doesn't. If you showed up in 1990 <laughs> and said that this is what it was going to look like now, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, but that if you don't move forward, if you don't 
continue to improve uh, and make make adjustments and stay up with the times you fall behind and I'm just proud that we were, we were able to move move forward uh, have success with our program and continue to have success with our program that that's what makes me proud and you have to do those things I'm really excited about the South End Zone project. I, I tell my friends, everybody's going to want to sit there. That's where you're going to want to be. That's going to be an awesome, awesome addition. Uh, it's going to be a great place to watch the game from. So you've been in the Big Ten office in a capacity, obviously, a crazy couple months there. Kind of take us through what that's been like and I guess the reaction to now that, I mean, USC, UCLA. You know, I, I have not heard one negative comment or any negativity from anywhere. Um, it's just been a very positive. It's very exciting. I've talked to the athletic director at Southern Cal. Was a, was a very close friend of mine. Uh, he called and talked to me about how excited he was and actually wants me to come out and visit with his coaches about making that transition into the Big Ten. But uh, it's it's been a positive. It's, it's exciting. I think it's been a great move. I thought Kevin did a, a, a tremendous job in, 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 in getting – the presidents and the athletic directors uh, and, and everybody on board to make that decision and make the move. So what do you think moving forward with the Rose Bowl? Obviously, it's been something that's meant a lot now. I mean, with the landscape changing, it's naturally going to change a bit in meaning, but what do you see with that? Well, it's not going to be like it was, uh, you know, when I was coaching where everyone in the Midwest, every kid that ever grew up in the Midwest wanted to play in the Rose Bowl. And if you played in the Big Ten, that was your vision is to – to get in the Rose Bowl and win the Rose Bowl. <clears throat> That's not going to be the case anymore. But, you know, as, as we move forward and the landscape of college football changes, uh, that's just part of it. It's not going to be as it was before. But uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll try to keep a relationship and and and, and be a part of the, of the Rose Bowl as much as we can. Kevin mentioned that expansion may not be done um, and the potential for it to... Uh, extend to some other teams. When when you look at the Big Ten, you now are going to be at 16 in 2024. What happens next in your mind? Where 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 do you see this going? You know, I I, I think it's not just the Big Ten. It's you saw what happened with the Southeast Conference. You see, you you read about uh, what's what the what the pack pack is trying to do, and um, you know, and and, and it concerns me that. <clears throat> The NC2A has has not enforced anything as far as NIL rules. I think everybody's – there's an inequity there. Um, you know, you know whether it will – you know, the – the uh, you know, we saw it when, when Nebraska and Penn State came in. Uh, now we have two other teams. Will it stop? I don't know. I don't think uh, – our minds are closed that it won't, but I don't think there's any hurry. And I think the same thing is being thought. You may take a look at down the road, those schools that want to make their own rules and live by those rules and, and play at a high level may have to do something on their own. So a lot's been made about since the NIL and everything has come into the forefront about where Wisconsin finds their niche in it and where they find success. Kind of what's your take on the best way Wisconsin as a athletic department, not even just football, can go into that world and find success. You know what? I think the NIL initially, that was to give the, the, the student athletes an opportunity um, to use their name, image, and likeness 
uh, to create some dollars for themselves. Uh, and I've always thought, I mean, per, quite frankly, I, anything we can do for a student athlete, I, I think it's awesome. And so if, you, if you're smart enough and you are unique enough that you can create a so social media page that has enough followers where it's valuable and you can make money, more power to you. The thing that I've seen is, is schools are educating their players in how they can do that and how they can use um, their visibility as an athlete and, and be creative and make it valuable. So uh, it's not just going out and handing somebody some money. That's that's a thing that that upset upsets me, and that's the first thing I said when we talked about this years ago. You cannot allow it to enter into recruiting, and that's what had happened. And then no one penalizes those that did it, and that, that that's that's where it got out of whack. But a kid he can make as much as he can, whatever he can make using his name, image, and likeness or creativity. I'm all for that. I, I think it'll all even out. I just, I just think it's wrong when you, you use it in recruiting and you start dishing out dollars or guaranteeing money for some high school kid coming out who hasn't stepped on the field yet. It's not right. And uh, so I think we've got to get, get our arms around that, and I think they will eventually. Who does that? Because it feels like the NCAA has lost a little bit of its teeth in, in enforcement, the lack lack of, right? Um, like, I don't know. How does that get reined back well, in at this point? They're supposed to be our, you know, our governing body. And uh, so if they're not going to do it, I don't know who in the hell is. Whether The leagues can't do it. Uh, I sat in with our, our Big Ten coaches uh, this spring, and it's frustrating for them. You know, what do we do? Um, we, we're, we're recruiting someone, and there's somebody offering him X amount of dollars. And if I do it, um, you know, I can be fired for cause. And, and and these guys are smart enough; they make enough money now. You know, you, you don't want to lose. You know, you want to be if, if you're going to be fired for not winning enough games, you, you want that you, you want that contract paid out. And so what's the answer? You know, they're asking me, what the hell do I know? I don't know the answer. Um, so uh, it's very frustrating for the coaches. So somebody, whoever's in charge, and if these guys, if, if the NC2A doesn't do it, then you've got to figure out a way that somebody manages it. Is that the potential for pulling away? I don't know that. <laughs> sounds like a... <laughs> an answer. <laughs> Barry Alvarez joining us. A couple more before we let you go. I wanted to get to the team this year. Where are you at with Graham Mertz entering his third year as a starter? How do you think, I mean, his progression has gone and what we could see on the field this season? Um, you know, I, I think everyone realizes he's got a lot of ability. Um, you know, I'm sure Paul and everyone else would like to see him play more consistently. You know, he's had some really good games and he's had some poor games. Um, but you'd like to see him make that step um, where you can count on him. I, I think we have a chance to be, really have a good football team. Does it come down to him, though? Like just That's probably unfair, right? Like, you, it can't just all be about one well, guy. Let me tell you this. Quarterback touches the ball every time you have the offense, every time you've got the ball. So uh, a lot of it's going to come down to the quarterback. Now, our defense is going to be good. We've got a great running back. I think we've got a good offensive line. Sounds like we signed, you know, we got some transfers and got some good receivers. So if your quarterback plays well, and if you don't, your quarterback does not play well, you have a hard time being a good football team. 
So with kind of an outside view, what do you think of the coaching change uh, or the coaching staff and all those changes this offseason? You know what? I, I don't know. I haven't watched them practice. I didn't see one practice this yeah. spring. Um, um, I'm sure if Paul hired him, he has confidence in him. I'm anxious to go watch him uh, practice in the next few weeks when they get started. Before you let you go, you're, you're – Youngest grandson? No, is it is Jake your youngest? No, I have I, a got, bunch more, right? I've got nine year old twins. Okay, <laughs> all right. So, uh, but but Jake, he's obviously going into his first training camp in Dallas. Anxious to, to see what that is, how that's going to play out. Yeah, I'm really excited for him. I know how I was with him. Uh, we were together as a family when uh, on draft day, and to see it, how excited he, he was. We just had a family vacation uh, a few weeks ago, and he, he's really excited. And uh, you know, talking to some of the people with Dallas, they like him. They think they have a place for him, and that you know he can bring something to the team. And I've always said that, you know. It, this is through Paul and some of the other coaches. You want Jake in your locker room. And uh, so I, I'm excited for him, and I'm really fired up to watch him play. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Appreciate the time, and uh, look forward to talking again down the road. Okay, guys. There he is, Barry Alvarez. Stopped by. Great stuff from him. If you missed any of it or want to hear again what he had to say, podcast available. Also, with the P.J. Fleck interview, the Tanner Morgan interview, all this talk at Big Ten Media Day. Just search Kenny and Heilprin. That will be up shortly after the conclusion of the show. We're going to step away here, take a quick break. Final segment live from Big Ten Media Day. Coming up next, it's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, we're back. It's Kenny and Heilprin live from Big Ten Media Days here in Indianapolis. Love we're that back song. tomorrow. Great song. Love that song. I've heard that a couple places before. We're back tomorrow, 2 to 4, same time slot. Local stations, you will hear the Milwaukee Brewers, though we will be available online on the stream and obviously in podcast form after the show. Coming up tomorrow here, Zach, Jeff Brom leads it off, coach of Purdue. In addition to the players he brought along, obviously, or Aiden O'Connell's one of them. I would say obviously. <laughs> you would say obviously. Not all would know that name. Probably the Big Ten West best quarterback entering the season, though it's interesting to see whether he can continue the momentum. What's, what's his nickname? AOC. That's his nickname? Those are his initials. Those are his initials? Yes. Uh, his initials are AC, aren't they? Or AO? A.O. O'Connell. A.O. So it's A.O., but there's also the C in there. So. You think he's a big fan of, of the more popular A.O. or the more known? I shouldn't say more, pop, more popular. Maybe, more known? Maybe we should ask him. He's definitely going to ask that tomorrow. I would love to ask him that tomorrow. But after that, Brett Bielema, we'd love to have him on. We're working on it. That's definitely the you're not goal. You're not getting back to Madison in my car if we don't have Brett Bielema tomorrow. That is the talk around the town here. <laughs> I don't know if the directions uh, – mistakes play into that at all 
No, it's we need to get Brett Bielma on. He's he's coming back to Madison for the first time since 2012. Yeah. There's absolutely no reason he shouldn't be on with us. And we need Zach on blocked on Twitter. That is the goal. I mean, this Maybe by the wife too. This I don't care about Jen Bielma. <laughs> she that does not bother me whatsoever. I don't care if she ever unblocks me. However, Brett Bielma, that is that that's that's one I want to unblock. There's no reason not to. Like it was a long time ago. Karma was a long time ago. It, <laughs> it was fantastic. It'll forever live in the lore of Badger social media. But it's been a while, man. What give, if let's let's give it up? If I had to if I had to give up saying Karma ever again to get unblocked by Brett Bielma, oh god, that's tough. It's not that it's part tough. of a word to get rid of. It's tough though. It's tough though. Like I could never use it ever again. Yeah. Ever again. What if in some horrible world, Brett Bielema in Illinois come into Camp Randall and win that football game, and then immediately after, he unblocks you on Twitter, and then five minutes after that, tweets karma? That'd be hilarious. I would applaud that. <laughs> that, would be, that would be on the nose. That would be as, as good as it would get. I don't, I don't think there's anything better than that. Man, the Big Ten West, I mean, it's interesting from top to bottom. And, I mean, Illinois with Lovey Smith and... It's always interesting because it's college football and it's the Big Ten. I feel like even the teams you don't expect to be that good are interesting. There are storylines everywhere. Is Northwestern interesting to you? Just because. Oh, I'm, that's my bad. That's my bad. That's my bad. That's that's the traditional rival of Wisconsin. I, I forgot about that. Game that game will be interesting. I, I forgot think about that. I forgot about that. That's my bad. So, in addition to Bielema, <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, nobody cares. Nobody cares. That game will be interesting. There's, I mean, there's there's very little interest about Northwestern just because. That's fair. Like Pat Fitzgerald's interesting. I think at times he can be, but like the program itself, it, if it was one of the teams that got, like if they were kicking teams out of the Big Ten and someone kicked Northwestern out, the only person that would miss Northwestern would be Ben Kenny and just Pat just Fitzgerald. But he wouldn't miss Northwestern. He'd, he'd still be at Northwestern. Fair. He would miss the Big Ten in that setting. Yeah, you're probably right. I miss and, my and, 11 a.m. kickoffs at Ryan Field. And Badger fans that get to pack into those stadiums because it's <laughs> nobody because no Northwestern fans go. Like, that's, that's, that's who would miss Northwestern leaving the conference. I can't argue with that. Uh, in addition to Brett Bielema, Mel Tucker from Michigan State, Greg Schiano from Rutgers, James Franklin of Penn State, Paul Christ, and as I've mentioned, Keanu Benton, Nick Herbig, and Graham Mertz along with him and Ryan Day of Ohio State. So that's what's coming up tomorrow. I We talked about a little bit earlier about the excitement of what maybe we can garner from talking to guys and having them speak at media day. I think more than anything for me, it obviously kicks off the college football season. Like Once these days are done, we're really in the swing of leading up to week one and the storylines of whether there's a quarterback battle like at Michigan, despite what people admit, or just the overall storylines of Big Ten football entering in, even if nothing significant is garnered from the conversations. It means that we're we're full go. It is full go, yeah. They'll be, they'll be in camp uh, coming up. What is today? The, today's the 26th, right? Right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so they'll be in camp next week. They get to get in, into camp as uh, soon as like a month ahead of the season opener, September 3rd. Yeah. This is it. it like the, the month leading into the season takes forever, and then August – flies by for me at least uh i don't know if it flies by for people that aren't seeing the team on a, on a daily basis that because it just gets into the grind of it but yes football is here i mean training camp for the packers opens up tomorrow uh, badgers will be next week this is this is where everything gets going and i i love it and then the big 10 season kicks off in ireland 
which I cannot imagine a more perfect way, a weird way, but in my brain, perfect to start off this Big Ten season than they go to Ireland. So you know it's weird. It's not a normal feeling Big Ten game. Last year, week zero, it was Illinois, Nebraska, and Nebraska blew the game. And so, a sign of things to come. Yes, it was at that time, but now it's Northwestern Nebraska. Nebraska, with all the questions, will Frost keep his job? They bring in the transfer quarterback. They Adrian Martinez finally no longer there, but it's a team with talent, and it's a team that lost all the one-score games. Can they turn it around? I can't think of a crazy yet enticing way to start the season if Northwestern just pounds them in Ireland and then we're off and running. It'd be hilarious. It'd be awesome. It would be hilarious uh, because then it would just be like dead man walking. Like uh, he's kind of at that spot right now unless they completely just go ridiculous this year. Dead man walking. Yeah. And that w- I mean that would be Big Ten West football. Like they, they should just leave him there. They should just like it just pull like a <laughs> Who was it? Uh, uh, Lane Kiffin? Was it Lane Kiffin? Maybe. That USC did? Like, just yeah. just don't get on the <laughs> just don't get on the plane. You, you're staying here. You you can find your own way home. We're we're gonna fly home without you. Oh, I can't that would wait. be amazing. Thirty two days from today, the season kicks off. We are back two o'clock tomorrow, taking you through. It's Kenny and Heilprint.